Good evening from the ESPN studios in downtown Nashua. It's another edition of FNL Winter. That's right, our Tuesday look at basketball from around the state. And we work in a little hockey too, but more importantly, our featured game of the week. As we'll be doing Portsmouth, undefeated Portsmouth in boys basketball, traveling to Merrimack to take on their 9-2 squad at the bottom of the hour. Hi, my name is Tim Galende, and I'll be your host until 8.55 tonight. Nick Anastas and Mike Belvo will have the call of our game at 6.30, and uh, we'll keep track of scores, standings, and other news and notes from the world of uh, high school basketball and high school hockey, but primarily basketball. We're brought to you by BASC, the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers, and later on in the evening, as scores come in, we'll have Beals scoreboards, courtesy of Beals Insurance. Well, we have ourselves a major sports story that involves the pros that we nonetheless felt we should touch on here at the beginning of the broadcast. It uh, has happened before involving these people, and it's actually happened in reverse. But Michelle Tarian, the head coach of Montreal, a team, mind you, that's in the playoffs, if we were starting today, uh, has fired their head coach. And I'll give you one guess what former Montreal Canadian coach is back again. Here's a hint. He spent 10 years in Boston, more or less. That's right. Claude Julien is now the new head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Tarian's out and Claude, who the Reds, uh, excuse me, the Bruins released not that long ago, is back in Montreal. He coached uh, three seasons up there previously, and uh, it had been a nice long run uh, for Michel Therrien. And uh, despite the third season in a row that you may not see, may not see a playoff team in Boston, though they're off to a very fine start under their interim coach, and now have most of the week off. In fact, technically the week off as they next play on Sunday. But the uh, Bruins uh, are fighting to work their way back into at least wild card positioning, if not an actual top type of seed in the National Hockey League, with uh, about three weeks to go till the trading deadline and, of course, two full months left in the season. So uh, Tarion is out, Michelle Tarion is out, and Claude Julien is in. And uh, no, it's not a Valentine's Day uh, trick-or-treat, who-can-you-guess type of story. That's legit. And it's happened earlier this afternoon. So Montreal making the coaching change. But back to basketball and what we're doing here this evening. We're going to have a couple of reports from games around the league, both pregame reports and hopefully when the action is over. And, of course, we'll have uh, all the play-by-play action beginning at 6.30. We'll actually head to Merrimack at about 6.25 this evening. Well, their own Nick Gnastis and uh, Coach Mike Belvo should be back tonight to provide color commentary in that basketball game. We're going to go over uh, a couple of things in our pregame to set the stage, so to speak. Every week at about 2 o'clock on Tuesdays, which is apropos for our broadcast, the Adrenaline Fundraising Power Index comes out. Now, the Power Index is the top 15 schools on the boys' side, irrespective of which of the four divisions they are in. And uh, the voters are Dave Haley, Jennifer Chickruth, and Pete Terry of NH Sports Page, Justin McIsaac, who you've heard on these airwaves of both his own McIsaac on Sports Network, as well as some things for NH Sports Page, and Jeff Gustafson, the former Londonderry head coach, and Sean Young of Great Bay Country Club. Those are the six voters. We will tell you that it's only a three-school gut votes that, obviously not for number one, but got consideration and did not make the cut in the weighted poll. Those are Nashua North, Belmont, and Stevens. So here we are going from worst to best, although, again, if you've made the top 15 in one of the four divisions, that's pretty darn good. Epping is 15, Hollis Brookline is 14, Groveton is 13, Hopkinton 12, Cole Brown Academy comes in 11th this week, Kearsarge Regional is 10, 
Littleton is number 9, and Exeter is number 8. As for Lebanon, they're number 7. Merrimack, who you'll be hearing this evening, is ranked 6th on the power uh, poll, if you will. Spalding is 5th. Winnicott 4th. Milford is 3rd. And that's a uh, move up by them to 3rd. Bedford is number 2. And Portsmouth getting all 6 of the 1st place votes in the Adrenaline Fundraising Power Index Top 15, as posted uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon. Brand new stuff that's coming your way. As for any kind of uh, scores from yesterday, now you're saying somebody played something. Well, if it's early enough and you're far enough away from the center of the storm and the teams don't have that far to travel, then the answer is yes, you can squeeze in a game or two And specifically, there was a 4.30 game yesterday afternoon played at the Tri-Town Ice Arena. And in boys' ice hockey yesterday, Bedford defeated Londonderry by a score of 3 to nothing. So Bedford improves its record at the top of boys' hockey Division I to 13-0-1. Londonderry still in the hunt, of course, for a top seed. They are now 10-5. So there is an actual result from an actual game that was played yesterday while most of us were either shoveling the roof, the driveway, or what Mr. Snowplow invented for us. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Hopefully we'll have the first of our two pregame reports from around the state. And again, the NHIAA's own website will be providing me with many a score as the evening goes on. When we're done with our broadcast, let's say 8-ish or so tonight, We will gladly give you scores as they come in from all around the state. And there are a couple 5.30 and 6 o'clock games, so I think finals will wind up getting posted on those. Let's take a break. On behalf, again, of the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, this is FNL Winter, our Tuesday Game of the Week. FNL Winter on ESPN New Hampshire. Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. Our Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is Katie Bellamo of Alvern High. What's it like going to school at Alvern? We have a modified block schedule, and I take six classes, two of which are APs, and I'm also in the National Honor Society for basketball. This year we have four seniors, including myself. And then other than that, we're a pretty young team. I think all around, we're a pretty good, hardworking team that can work together. How long have you been playing basketball? I've been playing since second grade. That's when I started rec basketball. And then when I was in third grade, I started travel basketball. And from there, I've done like AAU and school basketball. So you've always been good, basically, right? (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely always been a hard worker. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about the fall season. I ran cross country, and we ended up finishing third in Division I. I believe fifth in all of New Hampshire, and then we finished in the top 10 at New England. So we had a really successful season. And what kind of things did you do specifically with National Honor Society? So some things we do is this program called Feed Our Kids, where we go over to the local food pantry and like prepare bags of like different breakfast foods and lunches, and then we send those out to the local school so that they can give it to kids in need. All right, next year, you've already committed. Tell us where you're going. I will be going to Roberts Wesleyan, and I will be running there. Cross-country, winter track, and spring track. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gate video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit Apple Therapy. Pat's Peak Ski Area, a great family-friendly mountain with something for everyone, including day and night skiing, snowboarding, snow tubing, and a special pop. Pay one price program on Saturday nights. Head to Pat's Peak on Saturday nights for one low price from 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. for skiing, snowboarding, tubing, rentals, lesson tips, and entertainment. Pat's Peak is one of the largest night skiing areas in all of northern New England and one of New Hampshire's most accessible learn-to-ski-and-snowboard mountains. 
bring your family and your friends. Whatever your age or ability level, you'll love Pat's Peak. For the latest info, go to patspeak.com. That's patspeak.com. Pat's Peak Ski Area in Henniker, New Hampshire. Pat's Peak, Southern New Hampshire's premier ski and snowboard mountain, is 100% open with day and night skiing and riding. Pat's Peak offers something for everyone in the family, whether it be skiing, snowboarding, or tubing. For the latest information on conditions, photos, videos, and events, go to patspeak.com. This is ESPN New Hampshire. We're back live in the studios of FNL Winter, namely the ESPN headquarters down in Nashua. Where we're going to uh, be going uh, about 20 past tonight is as pregame interviews and things for our Portsmouth Merrimack showdown. But a correspondent for FNL Winter as well as FNL in the fall, quite frankly, when the football games are actually on Friday, thus the name FNL Winter, is our own uh, Sam Lewick. Sam, good evening to you. Hey, man, how you doing? Doing great. So what great game are you covering tonight? I'm with Spalding and Pickerton tonight. Ah, nine and three, Spalding. Uh, are we expecting them to uh, whoop up on this below five hundred team, or has Pinkerton been playing good basketball lately? Uh thing with Spalding is they tend to let mediocre teams in the games for the first half, and really tend to pull away in the third quarter and late in the fourth. I think Pinkerton will uh, hang around tonight, but I don't see it turning into a serious, serious upset bid. What would you say is uh, uh, the strength of Pinkerton that they could pull this upset off? Defensively, they tend to shut down some star players uh, throughout the season. Uh, Cal Conley, the senior guard for Spalding, having an incredible year. Uh, his presence could easily be the difference, but if Pinkerton can shut him down, then uh, we could see something change tonight. And uh, as far as what has kept Pinkerton on uh, such a roll, that they are, as we mentioned, uh, well, quite frankly, it, it, you know, almost overlooked sometimes. Pinkerton's, I mean, four and seven, but. Spalding's nine and three record is it is it a great defensive team? Is it a great offensive team? Um, you know, thinking of Spalding, they've got themselves a pretty balanced team, don't they? I mean, their leading scorer uh, has sixteen points a game in Cal Connolly. Right, uh, Spalding's point differential is way up. They're uh, plus one twenty four right now. With Pinkerton, they're down in the minus at negative forty five. So a little bit of both for Spalding, really balanced on both defensive and the offensive end. All right, Sam. Well, we appreciate the preview for our listeners around the state. And uh, if you'd be kind to get back to us when the game is over with your other duties and give us a post-game report, we'd appreciate it. Cool. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Sam Lewick phoning in. He's got himself uh, a good matchup, quite frankly, uh, a 4-7 and basketball team against a 9-3 and three basketball team, and uh, but teams that are very balanced on defense. I mentioned, don't want to play favorites, Cal Connolly with his 16.4 points per game as a leading scorer for Spalding. So for Pinkerton, we should mention Jay Reynolds. Jay Reynolds is uh, scoring 17.11 uh, a game. So that's uh, something to keep in the mind of... Uh, our report when it comes in later tonight. And as I say, we'll do Beal's scoreboards, uh, not in the middle of Nick's game, because we don't want to miss more than 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there, coming out of our sponsors. Again, people like the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center. But when we do get a chance um, uh, later on for scoreboards, that's one of the games that should be a final uh, about the same time as ours. And therefore, we'll have... More than enough time, 45 minutes or so, of a post-game show here where we go around to games all around the state. No preference, boys basketball over girls. No preference, Division One versus Divisions 2, 3, and 4. Be back in a moment. You're listening to FNL Winter here on ESPN New Hampshire. Hey, it's me, your piggy bank. Remember when you were a little kid? All the dimes and quarters in my back. Yeah, that was good times. Good times. Now lately, I gotta be honest, you've been ignoring me. Money's been slipping through your hands like a greased pig. <laughs> get it? Because I'm a... Anyway, I know how it is. Now that you get a real paycheck, it's nice to have stuff. You'll start saving money next year. Well, I hate to tell you, but good saving habits start now. Put just 20 bucks in the bank a month. 
Make your own coffee at home instead of that latte every morning. Brown bag it to work instead of ordering in. Those changes alone could save you thousands of dollars a year. Come on, I'm your piggy bank. We can be together again, me and you, the special types. <laughs> anyway, if you don't want me to cry anymore, feed me. Go to feedthepig.org for more ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. What if you got rewarded for every good decision? What if your heart had a special way of letting you know it appreciates your healthy choices? Oh, I've got to get my family to eat more vegetables. Amazing! And instead of cooking with butter tonight, I think I'll saute our veggies with a heart-healthy oil. You're a genius! So really, would your food choices pay off in heart health? Did you know that when you replace bad fats with healthier fats, like those in canola or other vegetable oils, it can lower bad cholesterol levels? And that's good for your heart. Here's a winning idea. Take up the challenge for good health, because the you of the future will say, Fantastic! Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. We're going to be going in about two minutes uh, over to Merrimack for tonight's feature game. Uh, Mike Z's hanging around amongst other correspondents, and uh, we just had a nice chit-chat off air with our returning color commentator to assist Nick and Astis tonight. Coach Mike Beliveau is back, and uh, so we're going to go to them in about two minutes. We're awaiting, and hopefully we'll have time for a uh, quickie update from my new favorite teacher, Manchester West, uh, amongst other schools in the Queen City, managed to get themselves from time to time onto the uh, Access Cable Channel there, uh, much like our own Tom King, who does things on Channel 99 here in Nashua when he's not writing about things like Super Bowls for the Telegraph. And um, um, so Justin is my new favorite teacher at Manchester West because he's one of the two guys who gets to call their games from time to time on Access. But he's going to be at a different game uh, this evening and uh, act as a correspondent for us when and if uh, we get a chance to talk to him, certainly post-game, if not in the next minute of our pregame, because we're about out of time for the pregame this time around. I will tell you very quickly, going back to the school standings, something we will go more into as part of our brief uh, show, if you will, at halftime, of our featured live game, courtesy of the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, and that's undefeated 13-0 Portsmouth against 9-2 Merrimack from Merrimack this evening. We will tell you, if you think of the eight divisions, if you think of the four boys and four girls divisions, there are undefeated teams still alive and going for it in all but one of those divisions. Namely, on the girls' side, it's the Division One. Bedford is 15-1 and and Pinkerton is 12-1. and Otherwise, Division Two, Lebanon is at the top, thirteen and zero. In Division Three, Newfound is sixteen and zero. Sunapee in Division Four is fifteen and zero. On the boys' side, Littleton, Division Four, fifteen and zero. Division Three, Hopkinton is thirteen and zero. Division Two, nearby Milford, is twelve and zero. All of these have got rivals against them who have only like one loss, so things easily can change. And uh, at the top of it all, Portsmouth, who we're going to be hearing about in a couple of minutes. In fact, let's check in now for a little pregame material, so to speak, on our featured game of the week. Let's sing, send things out to Nick Anastas. Good evening, Nick. Thank you, Tim. Welcome inside Merrimack High. Jim already getting packed. A lot of blue and white in the crowd. The student section is here. They are loud and for good reason. Undefeated Portsmouth, the visitor tonight. Merrimack coming in, looking for the upset on their home floor. Nick Anastas welcoming back Coach Bellevue. We'll get to Mike Z of the Seacoast Media Group in just a second, but this is perhaps one of the biggest matchups of the season, Coach. Uh, this is a great game. How about Portsmouth coming up from Division Two, going undefeated so far in Division One? And Merrimack, they're no slouches. They're off to a nine and two start. They cannot get into a track meet tonight, and we'll get into the analysis of the game a little bit more after we have a chance to talk to Mike Z. But I, I believe firmly they've got to slow the ball down tonight, and Ian Cummings has got to come up big. Let's welcome in Mike Z here of the Seacoast Media Group. You've seen 
as you said off air, two-thirds of Portsmouth's games this season. What has made the difference to that undefeated start? Hear me. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, two things that really stand out about this Portsmouth team is one is the way they play defense. You know, they really have five guys on the floor at all times who, who can get after it. It's a point of pride. Uh, they, they take great pride in the way they play defense, hold teams to bad shooting nights, hold great players uh, below their scoring averages. And the other thing is the way they share the ball on offense. Uh, there's six guys on this team that have had a 15-plus point game. Uh, so it's really, you know, not anyone they're looking to feed, whether it's Cody Graham or Joey Glenn. It's, it's whoever's got the open shot. They think they got a lot of guys who can knock down that open shot or can do something with the ball. And the fact that they're playing so unselfishly makes them very effective offensively. You know, we know about the Joey Glenns and the uh, and the uh, Sean Parnums, Cody Graham. Obviously, that's a big storyline tonight, which we'll get into. But I've had a chance to see Portsmouth five, six times over the last two years. I like the guys that get the, the dirty work done, like Christian Pete. And the big fella, Alex Tavares. Tell me about those guys. Yeah, well, okay. Christian P., you nailed it. He's, uh, you know, he takes a, a tremendous amount of pride in being that defensive shutdown guy. He'll guard, you know, one of Merrimack's best players. He was on Jake Coleman, Londonderry, uh, on Saturday, held him below his average. He was on Cody Morissette on Exeter uh, on Friday night, held him way below his average. So he's, he's a guy, he might not take a shot all night, you know, but he'll get a ton of rebounds for a 6-1 guy, and he'll, he'll dog those, those top players uh, all over the court. Alex Tavares, six foot two sophomore, you know, playing a lot of minutes inside, you know, playing bigger than his height. Had a big game at Londonderry, uh, 19 points, which I, I believe was his season high. Uh, and he's got some nice moves, driving to the basket. He's got an outside shot that he'll show off. Uh, he doesn't need to be the number one scorer on this team, or the number two, or sometimes even the number three. But he is there as an option if they need him. They needed him Saturday. He got the job done. Again, Mike C, our guest from the Seacoast Media Group, Portsmouth and Merrimack, our FNL winner, game of the week. Portsmouth, where are they vulnerable? There's got to be some kind of a weak spot. If you're Merrimack, if you're Coach Goodrich tonight, how do you attack? Well, first you hope for a poor shooting game. Uh, in second, like Coach said, I think you do want to slow it down. You don't want to get into an up-and-down-the-floor track meet with them. And I think that Portsmouth, they need an opponent to kind of test them. They really haven't had a lot of hairy moments this season where they've they've been in the second half in a, in a one-possession game, and you wonder, you know, how are they going to react in a close game? They had a very good game at Bishop Girton a couple weeks ago. 59-50, uh, they trailed all the way until the start of the fourth quarter. That was a good game for them. There just haven't been many of this these uh, those games this year. Uh, I think probably their their coach Jim Moby would love to see him have one tonight. You know, to see in a, in a situation where you get into the fourth quarter, here's a tournament atmosphere. How are you going to react? Are you guys going to come through with a game on the line instead of you know going into the fourth quarter up by 20 points? Mike, we appreciate it, and we'll look for your work as well with the Seacoast Media Group. Thank Thanks you. a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you again. That's Mike Z, one of the best at what he does in the Granite State for sure, and gave us kind of a Seacoast Media type of look at the Portsmouth Clippers and their undefeated start here so far in 2017. And we got two coaches tonight. I think that if people around the state don't know Jim Mulvey because he's just moving up to Division One, they're going to begin to know him. Yeah. He's an outstanding coach. They can score the basketball, no doubt about it, but I love the way they play defense. And obviously, Timmy Goodrich, I think he can take any amount of talent and turn it into a, turn, turn it into a tournament team come springtime. I, I think... He's that that good of a coach. We saw them a number of weeks ago. Hopefully, put that they laid an egg, no doubt about it. A good Bedford. month ago, now yeah. it was a good it was a good month ago. I think that one's behind them. They're on a nice roll right now. They're at home, as you said, Nick. I'm seeing the student section starting to pack it in behind one of the uh, the baskets already. I think it's going to be a rocking gym tonight and a lot of fun. I think also, coach, we may see two different approaches. Portsmouth, they like to get up and down. They like to make it more of a full court game. Well, Coach Goodrich. He'll take up to a minute sometimes on one possession. So does tempo factor in at all? Who can, can kind of control the tempo of the game, may control the game? It absolutely does. I think Merrimack has zero. I mean, zero chance tonight if they try and run with Portsmouth. I think they've got to pound the ball inside to guys like Danny McKillop. And they really, you know, I said this in the opening of our broadcast here tonight, Nick. They really need a big performance out of junior Ian Cummings. I mean, the kid... Yep. He's flat out their score, and he's got to get it done tonight. He's got to start off hot and keep it going. Our crowd still filing in. A good one here. Already about three-quarters full in Merrimack High, and we expect a sellout. Coverage tonight brought to you, as usual, by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. Basking out with new imaging options. Check them out online at both baskimaging.com and bedfordsurgical.com. Also by Apple Therapy, proud supporters of the 2017 Student Athlete of the Year Scholarship Program. Nominate your son or daughter today at both ESPNNHradio.com and AppleTherapy.com. National Anthem, starting lineup introductions. 
They're now at hand, which means we'll step aside. And when we come back, first quarter action. Can Merrimack upset Portsmouth, or will the Clippers remain undefeated? We begin to find out next. It's our FNL Winter Game of the Week, presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers, right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Tune in and ESPNNHradio.com. Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. All right, we're here with Jacoby Burpee from Manchester West High School. He is our Student Athlete of the Month. Jacoby, welcome aboard. How you doing? Good. The Blue Knights are back in business, and you're a big reason why. First of all, how do you like playing for Coach Bryson? Uh, he's a great coach. Uh, he makes us work really hard, and always like, on our backs and telling us to improve and not to get down on each other in games, and always to pick each other up and stay together as a whole. And and where, where I guess, did the love of the game come from originally? Basically from my uncle. Like, I started off as a football player, and my uncle, he was really big on basketball. He introduced me to the sport. And it used to just start off as, like, one-on-one in, like, my backyard with him. And I just got better at it, kept practicing, and then I switched from football to basketball and stuck with it. How would you describe your game on the floor? I'm a smasher. I like to dribble, attack the basket, and I'm not going to take the defenders. I'll go right at them. Have you enjoyed your, your four years at, at Manchester West? This is great. The teachers are actually really nice. They help you and encourage you to do better every day. If you need extra help, money of them stay extra days and work on lessons with you. And then for next year, you're you're not quite sure what your plans are, but but you know you want to enter the business field. What made you lean towards business? Uh, just like, like the retail, like marketing type thing. You've worked some basketball camps at West. How was that experience? I see like little kids ready to play and they come in and do the same thing that we do. They work hard and they want to go somewhere with it. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers and all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit Apple Therapy. At 6 a.m., you don't beep your horn. Doesn't matter. My buddy knows the drill anyway because we do this every chance we get. Like a kid at Christmas, he's going to be at the window, skis at the door, hot cup of coffee in hand that he'll drain just in time for first tracks of Loon. Enjoy outstanding conditions. Loon Mountain, New England's most accessible mountain destination, is wide open across three peaks. Buy tickets ahead and save at LoonMTN.com. It's 6 a.m., clear as a bell, and winter quiet. I'm watching my breath turn to steam. If I turn left out of the driveway, there's a mountain of paperwork on my desk. If I turn right, there's a mountain of snow at Loon. I'm turning right. Work will still be there tomorrow. Loon Mountain is wide open across three peaks with terrain for the whole family. Full progression of terrain peaks in New Hampshire's only super pipe. Buy tickets ahead and save at loonmtn.com. This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. Time for first half action. Let's go out to Merrimack and Nick Anastas once again. Thank you, Tim. You can hear the students starting to get rowdy along the left baseline, all dressed in blue and white, the Tomahawks. Looking we'll to defend their home court where they've been tough to beat over the years under head coach Tim Goodrich. Portsmouth undefeated, led by headman Jim Mulvey. Clippers in their road maroon uniforms, gold lettering, white trim. Uh, Merrimack in the home whites with the blue lettering and the dark blue trim. This one tipped, loose ball. It's Cummings who gets to it first for Merrimack. Whistle on the far sideline. And a foul coming against Christian Pete of Portsmouth. So the tap. Ultimately ends up with Merrimack, and the game's first foul is against the Clippers. Merrimack at 9-2. and McKillop on the inbound trap near the midcourt line. Merrimack works right to left. Now a turnover. Cummings fumbling it in the far corner. Off his fingertips and into the front row, and the Clippers have the basketball for the first time. Already the Portsmouth pressure, double-team. Both of Merrimack's possessions right there. Double team taking effect and forcing a big turnover. Merrimack defensively opening up in a man-to-man as Portsmouth works left to right on their first trip. Here is Pete on the far side. The six-foot guard puts it on the deck. Pass near side is out of bounds and turned over. 
went off the leg of Sean Parham, who I think cut in front of Tavares, the intended target. So, spacing an issue, Portsmouth turns it over. And now Merrimack right to left. Their home fans, at least the students, standing along the baseline. Pass turned over. Sloppy start here as Merrimack's Joe Gregorio looking inside for Jared Dyer. And that one just off target on the bounce. And it's back to Portsmouth. So three possessions combined, three turnovers combined. Summons the first minute here of action. Portsmouth back door has Ooh. Glenn. And the bearded senior has a right-hand layup. Pretty two-man game on the yeah. far wing for the first bucket. Absolutely, Nick. You called it perfectly. Nice two-man game. Little give-and-go action. Pretty finished by Joey Glenn. Glenn the first two. He missed a lot of action in game, well, really the first month of the season. Here's Glenn with the steal. Took it off the bounce. And then looking for Pete. Had it knocked away by McKillop, who hustled back and got his left hand on it. It'll stay with Portsmouth. 2-0 Clippers. And that's what Portsmouth's looking to do. Even get the big fella out in front of a fast break. Get this thing moving, get a little tempo going in this basketball game. Three turnovers early for Merrimack. Shot, three-pointer. Parham, far corner is too strong. Loose. Pete has it on the offensive glass. And Portsmouth will pull it back out. Glenn goes far side for Parham. Parham, the point guard. Left-hand dribble. Now on the baseline. Explodes to the rim. Wow. He's got it with the right-hand finger roll. Great elevation right there by Sean Parham. Driving the baseline left to right. The veteran senior makes it a 4-0 Portsmouth lead. Merrimack looking for their first bucket. Nearly two minutes in as they work right to left. Portsmouth didn't look like a matchup zone here. Three-pointer, the junior is off the target on the fadeaway. That's Cummings. Rebound, second try, no. Dyer back out, McKillop near elbow, Jay up, no, back iron. And a weak side rebound finally for Portsmouth as Glenn able to clear the defensive glass. But a Six good foot. sign there for Merrimack. They had three chance on the offensive end. Barham down the lane is stripped. Glenn comes up with it and comes up with the bucket. Right hand off the glass. Second field goal for the six foot four center, six nothing Portsmouth. Certainly the big fella Joey Glynn is how to deliver the mail around the rim. Extended pressure from Portsmouth. As it looks like now they're in a man to man straight up. McKillop for three up top. It's in for Merrimack, their first point. Dan McKillop, 6 2 senior. Able to get the right hander to drop. Cut the Portsmouth lead in half. It's 6-3. Not known for his outside prowess, but boy, they needed a hoop there, and McKillop delivered. Two and a half minutes gone here in this first quarter. Portsmouth left to right. Merrimack trying to chase here in a man-to-man. -man. Off the weak side screen. It's Graham. Put it on the deck. Nearly had it wrestled away. Now the ball loose on the far sideline. Whistle sounds, and it's turned over. Good hustle and good defense by Joe Gregorio. In the shorts there, Portsmouth's leading scorer, Joey Glenn. Yeah, it seems right Cody now. Graham, excuse me. Yeah, excuse me, Nick. It seems right now they're looking to shut down Cody Graham. He hasn't had a clean look yet, and DiGregorio really just deed him up tough on that sideline. Graham coming in tonight, 11 points shy of 1,000 in his career for Portsmouth. Three-pointer, Cummings near side wing. It's up and in. Now Cummings took the skip pass and put it up right away for his first field goal. It's a three-pointer, and we are tied at 6-6 six, six unanswered by Merrimack. As we head towards the midway point of this first quarter. Portsmouth left to right, palm down the far side of the lane, up, no, but a foul. As his bank shot almost went, but he was hit on the shooting elbow to throw it off. He will shoot two. I think it's a great sign right there, Ian Cummings. He missed his first shot, but he came right back down, wasn't shy about putting the trifecta up, and he drilled it to get this game deadlocked at six. They need him in a big, big way tonight. Zach Lachance hit with his first foul. The senior takes his first. One team foul each way. Meanwhile, Parham missed the first. Second one good, though. Three points for Parham. And the lead back for Portsmouth at 7-6. Again, an extended defensive look here from Portsmouth. As they're in a man-to-man. -man. Merrimack right to left. Up top, it's Owen Plost. 6-3 junior, his first touch. In the high post now for Lachance. Far side to Gorio. Back up top, McKillop. Eyes on the three-point line. Nowhere to go. Again, no shot clock. Merrimack, they like to take their time when they can. Meanwhile, a chance to drive near baseline. Throws up a wild shot. No good off the glass. And a weak side rebound goes to Graham. Portsmouth gets the stop they want. They have a 7-6 lead. Back left to right at the midway point here. First quarter. Merrimack trying to top it up in the defensive end. Graham giving go. Glenn right oh. hand. Finish off the window. Kind of twicked it off the glass. Glenn off to a great start. Six points. 9-6 Portsmouth. Joey Glenn coming up. Setting a pick and roll. Rolling beautifully to the rim. Graham finds him for the laydown. 
Merrimack looking for a response right to left. And a foul is called here as Ploss plowed into the Portsmouth defender, Joey Glenn, who tried to draw a charge, but apparently was moving just a bit on the near block where the collision occurred. So Owen Ploss to the free throw line as the high black Sox. Shooting into, for now, a silent Merrimack student section. Free throw up and good. Good-looking stroke right there. We saw him earlier in the year giving Merrimack the Tomahawk some good minutes. He's long. He's six foot three, just a junior. 9-7 now. High arcing free throw is good. Two good for Ploss. Yep, and it's a one-point game. 9-8 Portsmouth. They score the first six. Left to right. The Clippers trying to spread the floor here with some balance. Parham at the top. Comes near side for Glenn. Go back to Parham on the far wing. Surveys. Has open Graham. Catch fire three. Is short from straight away. Rebound to McKillop. Off the bounce in the paint. Merrimack now coming right to left looking for the lead. It's Cummings into the front court as we head towards three minutes to go first quarter. They'll reverse it. Ploss one time. Dear Gregorio puts his head down into the lane. Up top McKillop. Squares. Fires and sticks. That's a long two. But it gives Merrimack the 10-9 lead. You know, I... I I may have been wrong. Earlier I said that's not his forte, the outside perimeter game, but he's off to a two-for-three start. Danny McKillop. Merrimack their first lead. That's got Coach Goodrich up on the Merrimack sideline. Meanwhile, a 15-footer up and in. An easy-looking shot there for Christian Pete. So as Mike C said earlier, he may not shoot at all. He got one he liked there. Meanwhile, McKillop has another that he likes on the near wing this time. Splashed down with the right hand. A shout of emotion from the senior as he comes back on the defensive end. 13-11 Merrimack. Given a little take that, Coach Bellevue, color analyst. You know, I'm on fire tonight. Glenn is on fire as well. High arcing three from the big man, showing the range, stepping out from the far wing. And Portsmouth is back in front here, 14-13. Our third lead change of this first quarter. Coming up in two minutes to go. Merrimack right to left, back door, DeGorio off balance, Banker is good from the near side of the lane. Pretty move, driving the left baseline, left to right, sliding inside, and just a kiss off the window. 15-14, meanwhile here's Grant, challenged on the near wing, and a rebound by Cummings in traffic. The Merrimack Jr. right to left into the front court, going to pull up down the far side of the lane, high arc no good off the glass, offensive rebound to DeGorio, back up McKillop, high arcing three, rolls off the rim, no good. A fight for it weak side, and Cummings still has it. Merrimack a third shot. Up top, McKinnon. Bounce pass near corner. And Merrimack going to reverse it. Cummings closed out well by Tavares. 15-14 Merrimack as the Tomahawks take a breath here with the basketball. 90 seconds to go first quarter. Lachance harassed deep on the far wing by Pete. Now on the far corner, McKillop. A drive on the baseline. A bank shot is good despite the double team. Got it over the help defender, Joey Glenn. Two more for Cummings. He's got five. Merrimack with their largest lead at 17-14. Got to be happy. They got to be happy, Coach Goodrich, with this kind of start. Back door. Here is Graham. Bounce pass for Tavares. Fouled on the way up and will shoot two. Hit on the right elbow here on the near side block. I believe fouled there by Ploss. Yes, sir. That's his second. I'm sorry, his first team second. And with a minute to go, free throws coming for Alex Tavares of Portsmouth. Clippers trailing Merrimack 17-14. Free throw there, no good. You see how Portsmouth reacts. They have not been, even early in games this year, they have not been on this side of the scoreboard very often. Trailing still by three points. This one in and out. No, oh. one back up and in and the foul. And again, a scream for Glenn as he heads to the free throw line. The senior showing the strength down there. He's got 11 already in this first quarter. Got Portsmouth back within one. He's got something to say to Dan McKillop along the free throw line as he trails the free throw and completes the three-point play. And with that, Mike Sanborn has got the outside touch. He's the first off the Portsmouth bench, replacing Cody Graham. 17 apiece here with a minute to go. Merrimack basketball. Tomahawks right to left. Cummings being shadowed by Pete. That's the assignment to watch tonight. Merrimack's top scorer against Portsmouth. Best defender. Cummings got him deep. Now he puts it on the deck. Tries to go middle. Pete's not giving him any room. Meanwhile, a handoff down to LaChase near midcourt. LaChance being shadowed by Parham. Goes back door to McKillop. McKillop has room, and he finishes with the left hand along the far baseline. <laughs> with the left hand, Danny McKillop. He's on fire here in this first quarter. He sure is. He's got 11. 
of Merrimack's 19. 20 seconds to go. Both coaches are standing and waving their arms here, trying to orchestrate on the final play of the first quarter. Should be anyway, with now 10 seconds to go. 19-17, Merrimack with the lead, looking to defend here. Portsmouth left to right. Sanborn catches near wing, up top for Glenn. Looks at the hoop, dribbles, has Pete open, far side, wing three up and in at the buzzer. Christian Pete, known for what he can do defensively, he has five points in this first quarter. Joey Glenn already in double figures for Portsmouth with 11. And after a back-and-forth start, Portsmouth has a 20-19 lead after one here in Merrimack. Quite frankly, Nick, I didn't expect to see this much offense here, but it's it's looking like we got a barn burner, 20-19. Both teams shooting at a pretty high percentage right now. Let's take our first break. When we come back, second quarter, you're listening to the FNL Winter Game of the Week, presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Tune in. Back to the action in Merrimack. Take it away, Nick Anastas. Well, we've got an and-one situation. Merrimack scoring a bucket down low. I believe they, they counted it good there, and if so, Merrimack's got a couple well, points coming to them now. I think they just they, they changed it and it said off. it's on. Yeah, it was on the floor first. So a foul against Merrimack Sanborn happened on the floor. So it's Merrimack ball. Tomahawks with it right to left. They trail 22 to 19. With a minute gone in this second quarter. Cummings fires for three. Off balance far away. Rebound off the bounce goes to Parham. And Portsmouth has it left to right. Clippers led by one after one. Sanborn up top. Shooter. Up and in. First off the bench from Mike Sanborn. The junior. And he's got Portsmouth out to their largest lead since the start of the game. 25-19. The Clippers scored the first six points to begin the night. Merrimack needs an answer. Their student section, who is standing in blue and white behind their basket, trying to give the team a lift. Meanwhile, open is Cummings, near side wing three. Can't size it up, though. Rebound tipped out near midcourt. Loose ball far sideline, and it's Merrimack to it. A hustling Sanborn able to save it to Tavares. Two minutes in, second quarter. Merrimack trying to get a stop here, and instead they'll get a foul. It's on Joe DiGregorio on the far side of the lane. Parham going to head to the free throw line there. As the point guard trying to go by him with the dribble. First on DiGregorio and now the third, sorry, the fifth team foul against Merrimack. Yeah, real nice move right there. Parham has a nice hesitation and dribble, dribble and go step. He really does. He can lull you to sleep and then blow right by you. The senior wearing those flashy Kevin Durant. Yeah. Bright orange Nikes. Actually, have a, those same pair, Coach. You believe that? I do believe that. <laughs> and I will tell you that last night, this I picked short. up a pair of cargo shorts that looked a little bit like that, too. So I'm, I'm into the flash <laughs> style as well. Meanwhile, a rare 0 for 2 trip from Parham. And a rebound of Merrimack. So the Tomahawks down 6. Still a two-possession game, but they need a basket. They have not scored in this second quarter, which is now 2.5 minutes old. Portsmouth and a laid-back man-to-man. Both teams have been in the man defensively throughout this first half. Merrimack spacing it. Far corner Cummings. Now a baseline drive. Lost the ball. It's out of bounds. It'll stay, though, with the Tomahawks. Joey Glenn, really the backstop of that Portsmouth defense, may have gotten a left hand on it there. Glenn the story tonight with already 12 points. Scored them all in the first period. Center who missed. Well over a month of action to begin the season with a leg injury. Playing as if that never happened. Meanwhile, inside, it's McKillop. Had to fight for the catch there. Goes back out to Ploss. Merrimack taking their time. A standing coach, Goodrich, now screaming on the Merrimack sidelines. Cummings trying to take Pete here one-on-one. Portsmouth's defense is yeah. stifling. Yeah, just telling Merrimack nowhere to go. Now in the lane, oh. a twirling shot. He will drop for Cummings. Got it off of the right hand. He finally... Got enough room to get it off. Cummings a good start. He's got eight for Merrimack, their leading scorer. Meanwhile, Graham is out of control, and Portsmouth will turn it over. The senior was held scoreless in the first quarter. Now giving a shrug of the shoulders to the official after he lost the ball out of bounds. Both teams have struggled with turnovers in this first quarter. 25-21. Merrimack trailing now with the ball as we head towards the midway point of this second half. Second quarter, sorry. Cross for three, up top, no good, backfire, offensive rebound, McKillop. 
One dribble, fade away near side of the lane, oh. in and out, no. And there's Glenn on the glass for Portsmouth again. Clippers left to right, a four-point lead. Just outside of four minutes, Sanborn for three, near side, two deep. Ball tip, loose in the lane, and back out to midcourt, Sanborn has it. Comes near side for Graham, three-pointer up, and in. He's off the schneid, there's a start towards number one zero zero zero. if that could happen tonight. Yeah, 11 points shy of 1,000. Now eight points shy after that three-point field goal. Portsmouth, meanwhile, up seven. Their largest lead. It comes midway through the second quarter. Whistle away from the basketball, and a foul is going to be called along the baseline. I believe it's Portsmouth. I think it was on Sanborn there. Called for a grab. And that'll be his second. Fourth team foul against Portsmouth. 28-21 against Merrimack. Fell down 6-0 to begin the game. Came back, took the lead. Ended up trailing by one at the end of the first. But Portsmouth, their defense really standing out here in the second quarter so far. And they do it here. They turn over Cummings. Bounce pass taken away by Parham. Has Graham near wing. Three again. This time short. Offensive rebound. Glenn goes back up and is fouled. Boy, 6-4 underneath both basket. Coach Glenn has made a difference so far for the Clippers. One of the things I like that Joey Glenn did right there was he grabbed that offensive rebound. He didn't come back down with the basketball. He just went right from the peak of the highest point of grabbing that rebound and got himself to the foul line. Weir, by the way, he has a real nice stroke. Yep. I don't think he's missed from the line yet. Three for three. According to my count, he's got 12 points. Make it 13 now. Second one coming, and good again. Yeah, that release is about as straight as it gets. Absolutely. Tickle in the twine. Timeout, Merrimack. Yep. Coach Goodrich has seen enough. 30 to 21. Largest lead for Portsmouth. It comes with 3.43 to go in this second quarter. Nick Anastas, Mike Bellevue here, and a good crowd tonight. One of the bigger games, really, not just this week, but all season long. Merrimack at 9-2, and two, and of course, Portsmouth, everybody has been talking about the Clippers all year long as they remain undefeated. Hey, you know, these New Hampshire basketball fans, they love their high school basketball. We've been snowed under for the last five or six days with yeah. over 25 inches of snow. First real action in a while since all the snow we've been getting, and we've got a nice crowd here tonight in Merrimack. We knew we would. They really support, the Merrimack community supports all their sports, but particularly this basketball program led by Coach Goodrich, and they should. They've been a powerhouse over the years. Yeah, we saw a lot of the same faces we saw in the fall covering the Merrimack football team that was one of the most talked about in yeah, the state that was putting up points at record numbers and went deep into the Division One playoffs. And kind of a homecoming for us here. Coming back with Eric Sabian, welcoming us, and... As we said, a few familiar faces in the crowd tonight. 30-21, to 21, Merrimack. They need a bucket coming out of the timeout. They got the ball right to left. Portsmouth remains in a man-to-man. -man. Cummings being hounded by Pete on the far side with the dribble. Gives it off to the center, Dyer. He's extended deep on the far wing. Now up top, it's McKillop trying to go around Tavares. Looks for a ball screen. Puts it on the deck far wing. Now a handoff near midcourt for Cummings. Again, it's Pete on him. Pete wanted an offensive foul. Up top for Dyer. Dyer going to take his time. Giving plenty of room by Glenn. Now over to Cummings on the near wing now. Up top for DiGregorio. Back far side. Dyer will step into a jump shot. This one is short. Off the rim twice. And a rebound on the weak side for Portsmouth. Glenn. Outlet goes to Parham. And the Clippers now on the move left to right. Looking for perhaps a double digit lead. 30 to 21. Inside of three minutes to go until halftime. Coach Mulvey in his blue sweater. Standing with his hands on his hips. Meanwhile a backdoor feed. Went astray. Parham had to chase it down and stepped out of bounds along the far sideline. Turned over again to Merrimack. Should have been almost an alley-oop type of pass Yeah, there absolutely. That's why target. I got a little excited because I saw Alex Tavares throw an alley-oop to Sean Parham, who just one of the smallest kids on the floor, Nick, but he can sky. Merrimack just two points so far in this second quarter. They trail 31-20. to 20. Sorry, 30-21. to 21. Cummings near side of the lane. Leans into a shot. Goes in and out. Can't buy a bucket. Rebound Tavares. And a jump ball is called. Not Tavares, but Glenn there. Tied up by Cummings. But trying to chase his own miss. Jump ball the call. And Merrimack will retain the possession. They have the arrow in their favor with now inside of two and a half to go in this second quarter. Off the inbound. Quick shot. High Ooh. off the window. Good from McKillop. a tough angle from McKillop. McKillop was hot from three-point land in that first quarter. I've got him for 13. Of Merrimack's 23 points. 30-23 to 23 now. The difference. Portsmouth the ball. 
And a drive by Tavares will result in the right-hand layup. Just took it around Dyer for two on the far side of the lane. Just a sophomore, but he's long, he's athletic, and he's aggressive. Meanwhile, quick shot the other way by Merrimack's Cummings. In and out, no. And there is Glenn again surrounded under the iron after he wraps another defensive rebound for Portsmouth. 32-23. Graham got the step on Cummings' far wing and lays it in off the glass with the right hand. That's five points now for the junior, Cody Graham. And he's got Portsmouth in front by 11 for the first time. A double-digit lead at 34-23. Meanwhile, Graham knocks it out of bounds far sideline. Tried to claim that it was last touched by Merrimack's Owen Ploss, but the officials say nope. It was Graham who touched it last, so it'll be Merrimack ball. Critical possession right here. They all are, but this in particular, we're up to a double-digit lead right now. Merrimack was playing with them early, but the Portsmouth defense is really hounding them right now. Yeah, this man-to-man has given the Tomahawks fits as they've extended it to basically midcourt. Far side, McKillop does have some sunshine. Let's a three fly from the corner, but it's an air ball. Rebound to Glenn again. I've got him, I guess, for about eight or nine rebounds now. Meanwhile, it's Parham up top the other way for Portsmouth. His three is off target. Off the backboard, in fact, the rebound to Di Gregorio. Merrimack comes right to left. One minute to go, second quarter. Plus, far corner, turn, fire, three, too strong, another air ball. And out of bounds, last touch by Portsmouth, however. Merrimack catches a break as it, I look like, hit Christian Pete in the right shoulder and flew out of bounds in the near baseline. That's a good clean look right there. They haven't had many good clean looks, and Ploss got to knock that down. 34-23. Merrimack down 11. And it comes to Cummings on the near baseline in front of a standing coach, Mulvey. Puts it on the deck to the baseline. Spins. Long two. Up and good. That's a pretty move there. Elevate. Ian Cummings elevate. He's got 10. Merrimack, they've been led by McKillop and Cummings, both in double figures. They're within nine, 34-25. And now Portsmouth with 30 seconds to go. They're going to space the floor, and it looks like hold it for the final shot. Merrimack student section chanting defense. We're down to 20 seconds. Tavares holding the ball between the circles. He's got it tucked on his right hip. Merrimack at a loose man. Clearly Portsmouth wants the last shot as we head towards 10 seconds. Parham now takes over between the circles. Wants to go at Ploss. Gets a ball screen. Far side of the lane. Pass tipped in the air. It's loose. Di Gregorio hits it. Graham takes it back door to Parham. <laughs> reverse layup there with <laughs> one second left. And that is going to do it. A revy, a little reversal by Sean Parham. Good feed there from Graham to find the senior on the back door. Cut. Seven for Parham. And Portsmouth ends it on a high note. 36-25 Clippers after one half of play. That second period man-to-man defense. Really stood out, Coach, as the Clippers were able to extend a one-point first quarter lead to an 11-point halftime advantage. And when you play that good a defense right there, man-to-man defense, half-court, picking them up, and then you got your big fella, Joey Glenn, just as you said, Nick, maybe in double-digit rebounds already. We know he's in double digits on the scoreboard, but he may be in double-digit uh, I think he's got at, le- at least eight, at yeah, least. He's, he's tough on the glass. And that's a great combination. That's a recipe for great defensive success. All right. 